So we're going to start a new lesson. It's still from the Striving Together publication. So that's the ministry over there at California, uh, Dr. Paul Chapel, and uh, some of the men that he uh, and ladies that compile these lessons. So this will be really good. I'm hoping that uh, it'll be a help to you uh, as you... Uh, as you, all of us, I belong to a home of some sort. Uh, either you just started a family, meaning you just got married, you're getting married, you have little children, you have teenagers, uh, and you have adult children at home. And then actually, I've looked at some of the lessons going to be ahead of this. It deals with a lot of different things about uh, how can you help uh, our 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 day it's very it's very it's very uh, uh, relevant to our day our culture of today a lot of the topics that we're going to deal with so don't look at it like oh it's the same thing that we've done before I've heard this a hundred times uh, there might be some of those things and it's good to be reminded of those things uh, uh, Paul says that I my way of teaching is to say it again and say it again and say it again but uh, there's a lot of topics like uh, uh, how to live as a parent when you have protocols, when you have protocol children, all right? And so uh, uh, very, very, very neat things and how to, uh, in our day where gender is being uh, distorted and being confused, it talks about how you could, uh, how could you make that uh, very, very, very relevant in teaching kids uh, and accepting their gender as God made them. You know, if they're a girl, they're a girl. If they're a boy, they're a boy. And so a lot of, a lot of interesting things. And I'm going to use the PowerPoint uh, and try that out for us and see if that helps us. And uh, that will give you all the blanks that you have in your notes. It'll be up there. So for spelling-wise, I don't get to spell to you guys today. You guys get to look at it and uh, deal with that. So uh, making homework. Uh, and the basis of the whole study is, like I said again, is, is really looking at society today and how society has just become uh, anti-family, it seems. An idea of the established family that God uh, put together, instituted the home, is being under attack. And so we want to talk about that. And even if you're uh, grandparents, I think this will help give you some insight on how to treat your grandchildren. All right, and how you can respond to them as being the grandparents. So I feel like this is very relevant to the entire church. And maybe you might be saying, well, I'm just, uh, there's some teenagers today. Normally they wouldn't be here. But uh, I remember thinking about uh, family around about 16 and, uh, and been praying about that. Pastor Cole made a, uh, a plea one time for us teenagers he cited himself, and he said at 16, he started to pray for the spouse that God would give him. And you know what? I took that to heart, and I did that myself. And uh, I'm glad that I did that, not that you have to do that, but it would be a good, good thought to pray for God to lead you to the right spouse in your life. And so uh, I'm, I'm glad I did that. I think that's a, that as a result, uh, that, that, that action partly getting Elizabeth and I together. So uh, I'm happy about that. It's never too early to prepare. It's never too early to prepare for what will come your way. Most people are going to get married. Most people are going to enter in a relationship. 
uh, that would result in them having a home or establishing a home. And so I want to talk about that uh, uh, today. And if you know anybody that, uh, from the church that are not typically coming on Sunday school, uh, invite them to come to Sunday school. I'm inviting people that come on Sunday morning uh, but don't come on Sunday school. I'm trying to invite them to come to Sunday school. I think it would be beneficial. And I might say something Sunday morning that uh, even if you can't possibly physically be here, I feel like you should watch this online. Some of the people are teaching right now, and I would encourage you watch some of these online. That's because I'm teaching them, but the truths are very, very, very good. Very, very good. So making homework in lesson one is the, the guardianship of God's heritage. So the guardianship of God's heritage. And we look at that Psalms 127. Uh, it's in your notes there, but if you want to open your Bible, uh, this is kind of like our theme verse. So let's open our Bibles and go to Psalms 127. And verse number one, and again, I say there's a lot of sickness, so uh, keep people in prayer and also uh, do what you can to stay healthy as we go through the season here. Psalms 127 and verse number one, and we'll read the entire chapter to verse number five. So as you look at it with your eyes, I'm going to read it to you. Accept the Lord, build the house. They labor in vain that build it. Accept the Lord, keep the city. The watchmen walk, but in vain. A lot of times that that idea there is referred to as the church, because the church is the house of God, all right? I understand that. But uh, look at the context now as we read it. It is in vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for he giveth his beloved sleep. And then verse number three. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit, and the fruit of the wound is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that had his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. And so I don't think I'm far-fetched here to refer to what it's talking about here. The Lord will build the house. He's the institute. Uh, he's the one that instituted the church. But the same God is the one that instituted the family. And so if the Lord can build the spiritual family, this, I think he's also the builder. And I can prove that to you as we go through the lesson here. He's the builder also of what? Of the house, our home, our place that we call our family, where we have a husband and a wife and children, if God so bless us. And so we see that here. They're a gift. They're a heritage that God can give to us. And so uh, just a few uh, notes that I have here. One out of three children live in America right now uh, without a father. One out of three. So about 24 million children, that's a rough estimate, that uh, live in America. That's where you and I live. That's our country here, United States. Uh, live without a father. And you'll find out really quick why that is important. And that is something note-taking. All right, because uh, God will find the foundation of a, of a family, and it starts with a father and a mother. And so that's what it's important, right? Think about that. One out of three live without a father. And then uh, 40% of babies are born in the United States in 2011 now 
were born to unmarried mothers. That's a staggering amount of uh, children being born. And I'm not even talking about those that are being killed, but those that are being born. We, we know that coming to this church, we are pro-life, and we believe in the sanctity of life. And so we've heard a lot of things, anti-abortion uh, messages, because the Bible is anti-that, I believe that. Uh, but in, in, in our day, 40% of all babies in the United States in 2011 were born to unmarried mothers. And may I say, it has not improved. Can we say that as we look at society today? It has not improved. As many children are being cared for by grandparents as are by single dads. All right? There are as many children today being cared for by grandparents as it is single dads. All right? Just another statistic there for you. Uh, uh, in an article titled, there is, no, there is No Longer Any Such Thing as a Typical Family, uh, uh, Time Magazine uh, went so far as to suggest, quote, pretty much everyone agrees that the era of the nuclear family with a dad who went to work and a mom who stayed at home has declined to the point of no return. So that's an article we find uh, cited by Time Magazine and said such as that, that basically what God established in God's design, they say, is pretty much dead, is non-existent. All right? And any of you that work with children, and any of you that work in public schools, and any of you who are in law enforcement, you know what I'm talking about. You see it in your field of work. All right? Uh, even among Christian families... Parents often fail to invest in training their children in the application of God's word in their daily lives. Did we pray? I don't think we did. Did we pray? Let's pray. Lord, we want to be very careful now to ask you to help us, guide us, give us your word. And as some of us, and now all of us are affected by this thought of home. All of us have a home. And Lord, I pray that we would do our part and be very, very careful Listen to your principle, and Lord, and uh, know what we need to do and how to be responsible. And I ask that you'd help me to be clear in my speech and my thoughts. And as I uh, teach, give me guidance. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So the Bible not only is not read, and that is the reason, first of all, we need to get back in it not just individually, not just a church family, but as a nuclear family. Mom and dad need to have Bible time together. And mom and dad and parents and their children need to have Bible time together. All right? That has to happen. And uh, there's no way, there is no way we could live this in our lives if we are not in it, in reading it and meditating it and applying it to our lives. All right? The church is not enough. The church is not enough. If that was the case, God would not have established a family. All right? There's a design, and the designer designed the family, and it has a purpose, and it has a place in his plan. And the church oftentimes is a replacement of the family nuclear. No, that is not what according to the biblical teaching. All right? The church is to help what God 
instituted as a family. They are to work together. In fact, all God's institutions are to be working together. Even government is designed to help establish God's will. God's will should be across the board in all of his institution because there's only one God, all right? His, his mind, his will, his uh, desire should be, uh, if we're any under those institutions, and we should be wanting what God wants. And so uh, we need to go back into a daily habit of being in God's word as a family. As a result, today's churches are seeing many young adults as high as 70% leave the faith of their parents. All right? 70% leave the faith of their parents. Too often, a Christian heritage is not passed down from one generation to the next. All right? One of my goals, a life goal, one of my life goals, is that my children that came from our marriage would have faith in God as we personally have faith in God individually. And in our home, it's promoted that it is a personal, personal venture that our children would have faith in God themselves. That's my hope. Why? Because I will die. I'll die. Naturally, we will pass away. And now I said this before in our church. Uh, It is very, very obvious in our church here that some of the families, if not most of the families, have succeeded in the fact that you have children here that are adults that have decided to follow the faith that you had. Now, they're making it their own. They're making it their own, and I'm encouraging them, as I have made it my own. My, my mom and dad goes to this church. And I was brought to this church as a young age. But now I have learned what they have learned, and I'm making application now personally with God. All right? Uh, and, and, and so... My hope is that my children would end up doing the same, all right? And so for us to pass uh, the truths that we believe uh, to our children, we need to be in the word of God. Those of us who are, who are parents that have been entrusted by God to care for, for our children, to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, Ephesians 6 and verse number 4. And God has given us the resources we need to make that happen. We have what we need to get the job done. His word is to guide us, and his grace, along with his word, that enables us, that gives us the ability, the favor that we need for God to work with us to get the job done. We can't do it on our own strength, in our own wisdom, in our own, uh, in our own ability. That doesn't mean, though, that the job will be easy. Or that it will happen on autopilot. All right? It doesn't happen automatically. And isn't, and it won't. Let me just stop you, park you over there. It is not enough that you have faith in God. You have to get that faith and communicate it by your words and your attitude and your actions to your children. That has to happen, all of us that have Uh, our own faith. It doesn't change. How do we get people that are lost to listen to our message? We have to say something. We have to live a life that matches what we say. And we have to act appropriately. All right? It doesn't change with children that live in your home. And they're going to be the one that see you at your worst. Sad to say that. 
but they're going to see you at your worst. Parent requires, uh, parenting requires a tremendous amount of work. Work, all right? Not just the work of providing for a child's physical needs, making sure she does her homework or cleaning up after him, but the kind of work that is heart-level engagement. Heart-level engagement. Christ-like parenting requires love and vigilance, time, influence, care, and involvement. It requires personal growth in your own walk with God as you direct the hearts of your little ones to the Heavenly Father. You can't just tell them to be good. You have to be good first. And then you use uh, how God has helped you as you get help from his word and the Holy Ghost enables you by giving you God's grace. You have to now impart that to your children and let them know that that's how you're doing it. And that's how you're winning and that's how you're succeeding. All right? It'll help uh, them by you letting, know, letting them know that. So, yes, it takes work to make the home work. By, by the grace of God and through the obedience to his word, it is possible. No matter what your home situation is, God wants to be the guardian of your home. He wants to be the guardian of your home, the protector, the one that will guide you and help you and guard it from, from the enemy. Our children are truly a gift from God, and we must remember that as we strive to be the guardians of, and as we strive to be the guardians of God's heritage, we must remember that uh, they're a gift from God. They're a gift from God to us. So, number one, uh, did I miss any of my points? Number one, uh, the gift of a child. The gift of a child. If you're a parent, you would do anything to protect your child. Right? You are his guardian. And in fact, that is almost uh, common to us when you're writing any kind of forms that require a parent to sign. If a parent is not present, what the word, even the world uses? The legal guardian. All right? That's what the world will use. If you're going to get a permission slip from somebody or any kind of form, it even helps to the world because we're Christian-based, has that idea of what a guardian is, Okay? Uh, children are treasures from God. There are, the Bible says in Psalms 127 and verse 3, you see this phrase, the heritage of the Lord. Uh, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the wound is his reward. A child is a privilege and a responsibility all wrapped into a single unique person. A child is a privilege and a responsibility all wrapped in a single unique person, all right? By the way, husband, that's what God likens a wife to you. She's your responsibility and a gift, all right? And so is for the wife. For you to partner in with a husband, he's a responsibility and a gift, all right? It's a privilege, all right? But also you have some responsibility in that, all right? God has entrusted you to raise, to raise your children for him, all right? This is a sober responsibility indeed. Yes, children are a gift from God, but these treasures do not belong to us. 
They aren't ours to hoard or to neglect. They belong to God. They are his heritage, his trust, and he has a purpose for their lives, all right? So he's trusting us. If God is giving you a child, and some of you I know we're praying uh, with you, and you're trying to, uh, your desires, God will provide for you a child. And I'm glad, I'm so glad for anybody that wants God to give them a child. But you know full well that God is the giver. God is the giver. As much as you want it, God gets in, the, gets in there, and he is the one that actually will provide the child for you. We have to remember that in our mind. So, letter A, children are the possession of the Lord. Children are the possession of the Lord. His possession. As parents, the stewards with the response, we are just stewards of the responsibility of raising our children for the Lord. Uh, as parents, we have dreams for our kids, don't we not? We have aspirations. We have, we have goals for them. We want, we want them to succeed. We want them to be successful. We want them to be recognized. We want them not to be, uh, not to be forgotten. We don't want them to be left alone. We don't want them to be lonely people. So we have some good aspiration. We want them to be happy. And some of us, uh, we want them, and, and most of us probably don't, don't mind if our children are, are all right financially, that they can make it in life, that, they're, that they have maybe a little bit of fortune to go through this life. All right? Those are not bad things necessarily, but out of order, they could be very, very detrimental. And what I mean by that, God also has dreams for your kids. God has dreams for your kids. God is thinking about your kids. God is thinking about you and me, and he has a dream for us. So a purpose for, uh, God has a purpose for their lives, even when they are not born yet, right? Uh, look at Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the wound, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. And he's not just one of them. John the Baptist was, was also uh, um, made mention later that God was involved while he was still in the womb. And so God has a dream. God has a desire. God has a plan for your children. And so remember that you're stewards. You don't own them. It seems like you do because you pay for everything. But you don't. You don't. God says, they're my heritage. You are only stewards of them, all right? And you know that full well. Why? Because someday the goal of every parent is your child have a walk with God personally, and then they go off and live their life. You don't want a 40-year-old at home crying with his thumb stuck in his mouth and saying, Mommy, Mommy, I'm sick. I need need your chicken noodle soup, Mom. You don't want that. Well, you don't want that spiritually either. We don't want spiritual children that are immature. We want to mature and grow and uh, be productive as a Christian. So we go now. uh, He's got a purpose for us, and uh, we need to raise them to honor God and serve him in whatever capacity uh, they sense his calling. All right? Be careful this mom. Be careful this dad. Sometimes we spiritualize this, and we say, well, I don't want my kids to be successful at work. I don't want, I just want them to be a preacher. 
I want them to be missionaries. I want her to be just a pastor's wife. Well, that's not your job. That's not your job. That's out of your purview. That's out of your authority. You're stepping out of bounds. That's God's job. No man or woman is in charge of calling anyone to serve God. That's God and their business together. I was not called by mama. I was not called by daddy. I was called by God to do what I'm doing. And that across the board for all of us, all right? You have to raise your children to the point that they have a direct direct link to God. And then God is directing them in the steps of their life. Now, no doubt, if you raise them right, they'll ask you advice. They'll ask you advice. That, how did you do it? And some of my kids are asking that. There's a, there's a point in time I remember Micah saying, Dad, how did you know that you were called to be a preacher? That's a loaded question. But I have a loaded answer. Because I'll just tell them what, what really happened. And I don't put pressure, and it's the time I talk to them, and I say, I don't expect, uh, just because I'm a pastor and a preacher and a missionary, I don't expect that out of you, my son. But if God and you are talking about that, I'm going to be happy for you. But if, if you just want to serve the Lord in another capacity, I have no problem with that. Because that's not my goal. Right? My goal is to give them over to the Lord uh, and get them to have a direct relationship to God as soon as possible. As soon as possible. That's my job. All right? Because God can lead them, guide them, protect them, provide for them, help them in every situation a lot faster, a lot quicker, a lot better than I can. All right? Not that I'm saying, oh, I don't want to deal with this, God, just take care of it. That's not the attitude. The attitude is I'm here partnering with God to the point that I'm turning over my children so that they have a direct walk with God themselves. It is more than a sobering responsibility. It is that. It is absolutely sobering. It's serious. It makes you serious. All right? If you're doing it right, if you're in the right spirit and mind frame of having children, it is a serious situation. All right? Uh, but remember, it's not just a responsibility. Don't miss that. It's not just a responsibility. You have to remember this. It's a privilege. It's all wrapped together. It's a responsibility. At the same time, it is a privilege. And the privilege is likened in our mind to something we enjoy. It's a privilege we can get to drive. You know, most countries, most people don't even drive. Don't even dream of driving. But most of us here... That it's in our future. All of us, when we were young, we aspire to drive. And we think nothing of it, but that's a privilege to be able to get on a road right there and take yourself from place to place and be able to drive. All right? And so it's something that, a privilege is something that is wrapped up in this thought of that there's joy in it. There's, there's something enjoyable. There's something I want out of this. All right? Responsibility is this. I have something to take care of. I have something to provide for. I have now a responsibility that it will take some sacrifices out of me to be able to enjoy. Correct? And so that's how that goes. With the idea that it's a responsibility and a privilege all at the same time. Children are God's possessions. They are gifts to us. Children are God's possessions. They are gifts to us. Are we there? Are we there yet? Children 
are a gift from the Lord. So that goes right into that. The Bible tells us the fruit of the womb is his reward. Children are treasures. Children are treasures. Sadly, and here's something I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put in here, and it's, I believe it's true. Children uh, in our society sadly teaches, uh, uh, not the children, but our society teaches that children are a nuisance or an inconvenience. All right? In fact, many insist that a, child, uh, ins- uh, that a child inside his mother's womb does not even qualify as a human being. And I don't want to deal with that. Most of us believe uh, we, we don't believe in abortion. We believe we're pro-life. I don't even have to deal with that. But a lot of times the society views children, sad to say, it might not be in our church here. I hope it's not. That, but they're, they're a nuisance and they are an inconvenience, okay? Uh, it's, they're not. They're not. You're blessed to have children. You're blessed to have children. Just ask those that are trying and can't have one. You're blessed to have the children that you have, but they're also a responsibility. Psalms 139 on your notes, Psalms 139, 13 to 15. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. See, the unborn child in Scripture is viewed uh, with a lot of respect, all right, by God. God is not silent about the unborn children, all right? And so we see this whole uh, passage here in Psalms 139. Let me read you verse 13 again. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. We know this verse, and some of you are fearfully made. And some of you are wonderfully made. What is that? When God made you, he goes, whoa, <sighs> scared. I'm scared of that one. When the other ones goes, wow, that is nice. That's my interpretation, all right? That's not Bible, all right? Don't, don't take that at all. That's just being stupid and being funny. Verse uh, number 14, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. That's, that's incorporated in the idea of making people. Marvelous are thy works. Marvelous. If you're having problem with self-esteem and you feel like you're not valued, don't go anywhere else. Go to Jesus. Go to God. Because he really states your value over and over and over. I can't say it enough. He values you. He values you. You are valuable to the Lord. You are valuable And let's receive that, and and let's stop listening to the devil. Now, we have value in our lives, praise the Lord, because he made us, right here. Marvelous are thy works, and my soul knoweth right well. Verse 15. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret, and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Now, that verse, without overemphasizing, we've got teenagers here that may be a little bit young, Come on, guys, that is very clear, that God is involved in children, all right, in the womb. That children are gifts from God, all right? The children that we have are gifts from God. And sad to say, there's a general disdain for children, a sense that they are burdensome and responsibility to be dreaded. May I say, may I park here a little bit? May I park here a little bit? 
when you look at God and when he talks about work, it is something that we find to be fulfilled in. When we do work properly, when God gives us work, when God gives us something to do, it is that idea that we find fulfillment in that work. It should give us some worth. If God gives us something to do, it gives us worth. He talks about the principles of dignity and integrity in the scripture. All right? So, but our society today has made work a dirty word. And the idea of working and having a work ethic as something that is unnecessary. And so what's happening in our society is because anything worth doing takes work. Anything worth doing and receiving the joy of the result of our labor in in God's eyes. Now, sin messed it all up, and that's why work is harder than it should. We know that in Scripture. Adam and Eve were not sitting around and doing nothing. God's favor was on them because the curse of the world was not there. So there was a lot of advantages. But they were told that they were given responsibilities. Did you know that Adam named every creature? That's a responsibility. He didn't sit down and do nothing. He actually had responsibility. And they said, you're supposed to uh, have dominion upon the earth and then uh, to populate the earth. All right? He needed a wife to do that. He needed a wife to fulfill him, to complete him. He, he was not completing himself. I, a lot of those things we know and we, we, we understand them. So let's put what God's view on work back to where it should be, biblically. Work is a good thing. All around it, it's a good thing. Guys, I, I have a tree that's stupid. It, it, it doesn't want to have all the leaves fall. And so I'm waiting for it to all fall down. Because I don't want the leaves blowing on my driveway because I don't want my driveway looking messy. That's me, all right? That's all weird, but that's me. So early this morning, guess what I was doing? Because I bought a Craftsman air blower battery operated. I was out there blowing all the leaves off of my driveway. And then I'm looking at that stupid tree. Man, it's still got a bunch of leaves. So I know it's going to fall back down. And the wind blows this direction, so it carries it right all over the driveway. All right? And that's what it does. But guess what? It felt good this morning to blow all the leaves off. And I look out the door and I say, wow, I see the pavement. Beautiful. And I walk back inside. That's what work should be to you. That should be what work gives to you. All right? Work is a good thing. I got teenagers today. Work is a good thing. All right? Don't look at it as the world is teaching us. It's not necessary because others will provide for you. You can just be lazy and just do whatever you want and just let them do all the hard work. No, that is not life. And that is not biblical. And if you can't have children when you're being a child, you have to grow up before you can care for somebody else. If you can't care for yourself, how in the world? How in the world are you going to care for another person? You can't clean your room. You can't, you can't do minuscule tasks at home that you're asked. You have an attitude. 
What's going to happen? This is so funny. I'm getting off track, but that's all right. That's what happens because this is personal. I was brought up to do the dishes. I was brought up to clean. That's what I was brought up. Guess who washes the dishes today? Thinking that I'm the father now, and I'll take my authority and use it and wheel it. Right? I'm the boss. Guess who washes the dishes? I do. Because I can't get out of the training that was put in me. Your children, the Bible is very true. Train them up in the way that they should go. For when they're old, they're not the part out of it. Now, I have to have a, le- a different lesson because I'm not going to go about to every kid's house and wash their dishes. So I have to step back as I love washing dishes. My parents know. They come over Sunday afternoon. They find me. What am I doing? I'm in the dishes area. I'm wiping things down. I'm putting them in a very for dishwasher. I'm putting them in there. And, and my wife says, if you keep doing that, your kids will just let you do that. And you're not going to help them when you can't help them no more. And so she says, you have to step back and let them do it. And I cringe. i like, ooh, I'm scared. Because Philip handles all. If you come to over my house, I don't know if this, I should say this publicly, but I'm going to say it, it's there. He gets all the silverware out of the dishwasher when they're washed. And he's responsible to put them in the, uh, the knives goes with the knife, the little spoon goes with the little spoon, the big spoon goes with the little spoon. And I should probably let him wash his hands first before I do that. <laughs> Did I express to you the worth of work? I hope you don't look at it as a dirty word. I hope you look at it with the responsibility that God's given you. Because it's going to carry over when you have children. Children are going to be work. But man, it is worth it. It is worth it. It is worth it. Marriage is work. But it is worth it. What you put in it, you'll get out of it. More than you put in it. Don't be lazy when it comes to your marriage. Don't be lazy when it comes to child rearing. Put the time in. Man, I'm so, whew, I'm just feeling this. I was crying a couple of times when I'm going over this lesson. And like, I need that. Whoa, I need that. You know? The children are gifts from God. And I have to be careful. And I know I make a lot of jokes about my kids. That it seems like I'm irritated by them. You know I'm joking. You know I'm joking, right? I feel I have enough relationship with my kids I can do that. And they throw it right back at me. And they're not being disrespectful. It's just the way it goes in the barren home. All right? That's something we understand. So don't misinterpret that when I'm playing around and letting you know, oh, it was so nice to have no kids. I am not enveloping what the world is telling us, that kids is no good. May I suggest to you, if you're getting married and you're in marriage, it is almost a guarantee that I can say this to you. You should want to have children. You should want to have children. Now, God might not give you children. That's up to him. But your heart, you should desire to have one. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing to raise children. I'm enjoying it. 
Am I tired? Absolutely. But am I enjoying it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Hands down. I mean, absolutely. I, I don't want to do anything else right now but do what I'm doing, raising my children. And I'm going to miss it because I'm seeing time slip. My youngest is uh, a little Moriah. And I know women have this fever when they see little babies. I feel like I'm having that. I'm seeing Orion here. I'm seeing Obadiah. And I held them, and I'm like, oh, I know what it takes to get to hold this baby, to have somebody that's mine. I know what it takes. There's fun and pleasure. You mix pleasure and fun with that. But at the same time, I don't know if I'm, I, I have to be responsible. I, I don't, uh, the Lord is saying, no, son, no more. No more. Not right now. And so I, I am not, you know. And it's up to you. It's between you and the Lord when it comes to that. Children belong to God and are his to us. Make the biblical homework. Make it work biblically. Go to the Bible. Guard the biblical way. Guard your guardian. Guard the biblical way, as God describes for us uh, the, the truths of his word. How insulting would it be if somebody gave you a gift and you treated it irresponsibly? How insulting that would be to the giver of the gift. Not that the giver, once he's given the gift, he, has got, he doesn't care what you do with it. That should be the proper way of doing that, right? But if somebody loves you and gives to you, and is on a constant basis of giving to you and giving to you, pretty soon you're going to send a message when you receive the gift irresponsibly, meaning you don't, you don't appropriate the gift. You, don't, you, you forget about it or you neglect it or you just don't use it. That's going to send a message, wouldn't it? I be mean, normal people would see that as, well, I, maybe I shouldn't give him any more because he's not, I feel like he's not appreciating of what I'm giving him. And so God is gracious and God is forgiving, but, but think about that in, in your life. And so we'll move on to the next point next week and the guardianship of a child. So we finish letter one. Uh, we're going to finish uh, Norman, Roman numeral 2 next week. Let's pray. Lord, thank you again. Help us, Lord, as we continue. Give us wisdom. Help us to appropriate this. Give us uh, a grace to help in, in this area of our lives. And in Jesus' name, amen and amen. you got 12 minutes before the next service.